Over the last few years, event professionals have seen a lot of changes and challenges that are going to have a lasting effect on the industry. So on this podcast, we're talking to some of the best in the business about the opportunities these changes have presented, the questions that have emerged, and what's on the horizon. Welcome to Event Horizons. I'm Nolan Ether. And I'm Olivia Van Karen. In this episode, we'll be exploring how event planners are defining and thinking about hybrid today, examples of successful hybrid events, and how the virtual element of hybrid allows event professionals to collect even more data to prove ROI and improve event design. There are so many different opinions and perspectives on what's considered a hybrid event, how to successfully deliver one, and whether they're worth the extra costs, planning, and logistics involved with catering to two audiences. So hybrid events, let's talk about them. I think the definition has changed a lot over the past couple of years. Was hybrid a familiar term to you pre-2020, 2021, or was that kind of like a new thing? I mean, I think it was kind of a new thing. I was familiar. I mean, everybody loves hybrid. I came from working in, I've worked in hybrid cloud. There's hybrid cars. There's, you know, like it's the easy route for a little bit of this and a little bit of that, right? I was inspired to come join the WebEx events team because when, when the pandemic hit, you know, we went all to virtual and I started attending these virtual events and some of them were really bad as we've discussed in, in other uh, episodes, but some of them were really cool and there wasn't as many in-person elements, but I saw potential for it and aspects I think that uh, could have leaned into in-person and into virtual. And I, I think I, I kind of saw where the whole event technology space was going and the opportunities that would present themselves. So I think I was familiar with the concept. W- what people get hung up on more is like the actual definition, I think, and getting super specific into what what it means. So I think like we've heard everything from all you need to do for hybrid is just put a camera in the back of the room and now it's hybrid. Other people seem to think it needs to be much more involved in that. Uh, uh, the other end of the spectrum is essentially planning two completely different events, right? Where every single aspect of the event is sort of catered to each individual audience. And then I think really kind of everything in between has also been called hybrid, right? Like the ability to um, just have engagement tools here and there mixed in, bring those audiences together. Don't bring those audiences together. We're still figuring it out, but the one thing that is clear is that people in the events industry don't love the term hybrid in this moment in time. Yeah, I when I first joined WebEx Events Socio at the time, um, we were we were planning our first hybrid event, and um, I agree with you. I mean, pre-pandemic, sort of hybrid cars, things like that, but it felt very new and challenging and interesting in the event space. And I remember walking into the in-person component of our hybrid event. And um, I mean, it's a whole production. I think that that is the draw to hybrid. If you're if you're thinking of hybrid in terms of like you have a in-person audience and you're streaming to a virtual audience, and it's very much like a well-produced, like a TV production. Like it really felt like a professional level experience, which I think was really exciting for the in-person attendees to kind of be a part of that on-site, and also for the virtual attendees. And I think what was really cool. At that event, which I would love to see more of, is showing kind of behind the scenes. And at the time, hybrid was still kind of a question mark. So I think a lot of our um, attendees and our audience, they were trying to find those answers. And we kind of were showing, kind of pulling back the curtain, like this is what goes into a hybrid event. Because I, th- I agree with you. I think that's what's like fascinating and interesting, but 
but it can also be a little bit scary to event professionals because there is so much more involved with having two audiences and, you know, really needing to capture the attention of a virtual audience because I'm on site and I'm like, this is amazing. This is so much fun. Like I feel the energy, but translating that to, you know, a virtual audience and, and making them feel like they're a part of the event. I feel like that is it's just super important in the hybrid conversation. Not only are we talking about production, but also just like the experience for the virtual audience, like making sure that they don't feel like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of being ignored over here. Like I'm watching all the fun on site. I don't really feel that. Um, so making sure that it's translated well and effectively. But yeah, I, I think it's really exciting. And, you know, we've seen lots of successful hybrid events. Um, Madfest is one of our favorites. They're, they're great customer WebEx events. And they started their, you know, incredible, really unique, like they they host like a, a pop-up town experience for their in-person events. They started in 2018, did this pop-up town with, it was at, at a brewery in London. And then obviously the pandemic hit, they pivoted to virtual and now, you know, they're fully embracing hybrid and they've done a, an amazing job, you know, creating this incredible in-person experience, but also leveraging event technology to bring the vir their virtual attendees into the fold. And I think that's, you know, the opportunity that event professionals have seen where they can reach so many more people. You know, Madfest doesn't have to just, you know, cater or, or um, promote to their London attendees. And they don't have to necessarily make people fly in from all over the world. Like they can reach a, a way bigger audience now from all over the world. We mentioned in a previous episode that we recorded a lot of these interviews kind of over the summer. And originally we were planning on launching sometime in midsummer. And so seeing the evolution of the way people are thinking about hybrid events, even in the last three or four months has just been wild. I mean, I remember going to EMS and this might even be in the first episode, I can't remember and asking like, you know, how much are people talking about hybrid events? And, and, and every, it was on the tip of everybody's tongue. I was there in person, everybody was talking hybrid. Then we asked Joanna and Paula at IMEX and they were like, nobody's talking about hybrid. But then I talked to our sales team about the actual events that are being created in our platform, in the WebEx events platform. And a third of them are hybrid events. Um, and some of the in-person events or things that are being classified as in-person events are still hybrid events because they have virtual elements. So I think there's just a lot of um, evolution happening real time, which hopefully this podcast captures some of that thinking. But I, I think it, it doesn't take a Nostradamus to figure out that we're not going backwards. It's going to be hard to have these really large, expensive in-person events that don't have virtual elements. And by definition, those are, or at least by our old definition, those are hybrid events. I think what we're going to start to see is instead of people calling them hybrid, they're just going to call them in-person. It's going to be like the new in-person, right? Just like, you know, when you go to McDonald's, even though you can order on your phone or on a on a kiosk, you don't say I'm you know, going to a hybrid restaurant. It's just a different way of engaging and interacting. Um, and I think that's continuing to evolve. We're continuing to see technology come into all different aspects of our life. And it's really, really hard to go back to your point earlier with MadFest and others and not tap into that expanded reach and new audience of virtual and to spend all that money and time creating these amazing experiences and to not open those up um, to virtual attendees. It's really just a matter of what's the right balance, how much are you catering to them? Is it two completely different events and, you know, double the cost? Or are you kind of 80-20, you know, figuring out the best ways to engage each, each audience? Um, and I think that's just going to become a skill set that people are continuing to get better at over time. And 
the look of a you know a new event professional these days are either going to have to decide i think between in person and virtual or most people are probably going to have to have both skill sets hybrid events were starting to get more popular even before the pandemic but they weren't nearly as common as they are today Customer data from the WebEx events platform shows that hybrid makes up a third of the events being planned right now. We learned a lot during the two years where we were exclusively virtual. Now that in-person is an option again, those learnings, new skills, and attendee expectations are forcing event professionals to evolve. And to learn exactly how these approaches have evolved, we're talking again with Will Curran, founder of Endless Events and the host of the Event Icons podcast. So, Will, when you think about all the changes that have occurred at the beginning of the pandemic, what sticks out to you? Prior to the pandemic, hybrid was already a thing. Like, it, it totally existed. You know, virtual events existed, right? Uh, people probably mainly called them webinars, was probably like the big forefront of virtual events. And, you know, all this stuff existed. But it, it really took for everyone to, like, plummet a bunch of money and energy and focus on it for it to become huge. Um, and that's what we definitely noticed is that, you know, people came to us and were just, like, in a panic. Like, what do I do? So after getting past that panic, what are the benefits of this new era of hybrid events? The thing I think that is exciting is the the ability for you to create like a truly diverse and inclusive event now because of this. And, you know, I think we were striving for for diversity and inclusion prior to the pandemic, but we were looking at different ways, like how can I, you know, make my speakers more diverse? How can I, you know, attract the right attendees and things like that, which are good. Those are really big problems to solve. But ultimately, you know, no matter what, how diverse your speaker set is or what type of attendees you you try to bring in if someone physically can't attend your event or um, you know let's say they feel uncomfortable attending the event because they're more introverted or they're from another country maybe they come from a, a diverse mindset as well like all these diversity things that were really hard to accomplish became so much easier once you incorporated that virtual element and that's why I think hybrids like like is is so important for our industry because you know as much as I do believe that it is hard to you know really create amazing engagement when someone's at home I know it's really hard to do networking virtually all those things that like made virtual events really hard are so much easier in person so a lot of people are defaulting to it I think that what by defaulting away from it away from virtual and hybrid is that you are leaving a big section of your audience slash potential audience in the dust and truly I think becoming exclusive rather than inclusive. So I think that's the biggest trend that I've seen happen during the pandemic is that, you know, attendees who literally physically couldn't attend your event or couldn't afford to fly to your event could finally get the same equal experience as the people who were, you know, attending in person as well. And I think that's a really, really exciting thing for the future. So how would you define an equal attendee experience? an equal quality experience, I should say specifically, not necessarily just the exact same thing. You know, like for example, if you're doing an in-person uh, networking event with an open bar, like don't just expect to send a cocktail kit to the virtual attendees and expect them all to naturally, uh, you know, uh, engage with each other and, and, and bump shoulders with each other. But where it is, is that, you know, for example, you don't feel like a second-class citizen as a virtual attendee attending the event. Uh, you feel like, you know, you got as much value from it as possible. And sometimes that requires you to 
design your event very intentionally because you might get stuck in this place where you know you actually need to decide maybe you don't do less content very virtual and you make it more about you know impact in a shorter period of time I can't answer all these questions for um, anybody like a, a, on a one-way podcast, but this is the kind of conversations that you would have with someone like Endless or when you're planning your events. It's like, okay, what's the quality of experience that we want our virtual attendees? What's the quality of experience we want our in-person attendees to have? Thanks, Will. And I think the simple answer to that question is great. We want all attendees to have a great quality experience every time. But even if the quality of the experience is great, there's no doubt that a hybrid event experience is simply different from an in-person experience. And as we learn from virtual events, you can't just attempt to duplicate the in-person experience virtually and expect that to be engaging. And to talk more about that, we're talking with TransTech's EC Pizarro III. So EC, what are some of the biggest challenges in planning a hybrid event? It's very challenging to duplicate an in-person experience virtually. Like most people's social anxiety, some people are more inclined to talk in person. With virtual, you have the the mute feature. So people are on mute until they say something. And my experience, I've noticed like everybody kind of jumps off mute at the same time. And it's like, uh, who's going to go first? And you may never even get the opportunity to speak. So I think the biggest challenge is that engagement of having the in-person engagement and the virtual engagement kind of parallel each other. So people feel just as inclined and empowered to engage virtually as they would with water cooler talk in person. How have event planners' outlooks on hybrid events changed since they gained more popularity in 2021? Now people are going back in person and I've seen some event professionals not even touch hybrid of like we're back in person so there is no virtual experience and i think that is a disservice when you talk about accessibility and not just from a price point but when you're talking about people that have physical disabilities and they're not able to travel but they're professionals and they still have knowledge that they want to share right so i think event planners outlooks they should have changed In 2021, I think it gained more popularity because it was forced with the pandemic. However, I am seeing uh, communities that have, that are marginalized, being very vocal about companies that are kind of saying it's hybrid, but the virtual experience is lacking of content, of lacking of just joy. And it just seems like the throwaway option of really bringing it back. Can you talk more about the benefits of hybrid for marginalized communities? I know that's something that you and TransTech are passionate about. For us, as for who we serve, when we're talking about transgender, non-binary, and gender non-conforming folks, in tech, there's not a lot of spaces that center that community, our community, in tech. So you add that, we realize that we no longer could just have an in-person experience because we were reaching our community in areas where it's illegal to even identify that way. So the need for that community and that networking and that education was such, such a big thing. Thanks, EC. I think that's a great reason to bring up the need for hybrid too. When we talk about people not being able to attend, I think we mostly think of physical reasons they can't attend. Maybe they're sick or they can't get childcare or they just can't be away from their families for some reason. But there are all kinds of reasons people may need to attend an event from home that we might not experience ourselves. 
And when we talked with Sarah Kragness, owner of your VIP event back in episode two, she talked about an event in January where attendees missed the virtual component. I think hybrid is here to stay. If I'm being honest, I, I had an event actually in January and it was just an in-person event and they didn't offer virtual and their community was not very happy. They had several people who weren't comfortable coming in person and I think it was a big miss. I think they're not engaging that part of the community. And hybrid events, like I mentioned earlier, they they really reach the maximum amount of attendees. And while it can be a little cumbersome and extra work, I personally think that hybrid is really gonna be here to stay for the long haul. For another perspective on this topic, we're talking again with Meredith Schatz, Chief Experience Officer at Miller Tanner Associates. So Meredith, is hybrid actually on the decline? I'm actually seeing less hybrid right now, what I consider true hybrid. I'm seeing a lot of mandatory in-person with just a stream to record the content in case people can't come in because they've tested positive or they're sick day of. And then I'm seeing the opposite of that, which is virtual only, exclusive, but people have finally adopted the mindset that a virtual event could be over multiple date ranges so that you are not focusing solely on the live portion of it being the most important. So we're working with a client right now that is going to do a virtual event, but they're giving the audience three date options. And they're really only doing the first event live. The rest are just records that look live from the first event. So we're seeing a lot of that, that kind of polarization. So you mentioned what you consider true hybrid. What is your definition of true hybrid? I do define hybrid as any event that has both a virtual and a face-to-face component. So that could be in any configuration. It's then a hybrid event because it's mixing two different mediums. If it's just face-to-face with no virtual presenters and no virtual stream out to an audience, then that's truly just a face-to-face experience. If it is just virtual where your speakers are virtual and not together in any centralized location that you're broadcasting from and your audience is all virtual, that is just a virtual event. Anything then that mixes those two, that could be, for example, a hybrid event might be a completely virtual audience with a centralized speaker group, right? That's streaming from a studio or an office that has some sort of face-to-face component. Um, That to me is a hybrid event. So for me, unless it's exclusively one or the other, then it falls into the hybrid. So Liv, I know that when we talked to Meredith uh, back during the summer, that was kind of during the time period where we thought we were all going to go be going back to in-person um, and it was going to be this huge rush. And then we started seeing these variants and then there were some worries around the recession, a potential recession and some budget cuts. That was kind of when we started to see the change in the way people were talking about hybrid. And I think that's more of what's reflected in our discussion with Meredith is more about what she was considering true hybrid at the time. 
uh, versus what she was seeing, which I think at the time, which I think is probably more in line with what hybrid feels like today um, and possibly into the future. What what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's interesting. Like we've been saying, hybrid is just, it's been constantly evolving. It's been, you know, it it was so popular in, in 2021 and then became a little bit less popular. And now it feels like it's coming back, especially with in-person. And I think that's the key. Like in-person is back, but we can't forget about virtual because it added so much. It it gave us kind of a lifeline during the pandemic, right? And now we see, oh, we can add virtual elements to in-person experiences, which maybe event professionals aren't calling it hybrid, but that is hybrid. If you're adding a virtual component to an in-person experience, that's a hybrid event. Why do you think that event professionals are leaning so much on that virtual element? Like, what does that add to an in-person experience? Yeah, I think they're getting more comfortable with it, first of all. Um, They're getting more comfortable with virtual. It's something that's kind of a tool in their tool belt that they're uh, event professionals are using more frequently throughout the year as a way to stay in contact with customers um, and prospects and attendees, and then using those large in-person events as ways to deepen those relationships. And then, you know, over time, they're starting to add more of those virtual components, especially when you have that year-round program where you have attendees and prospects that are used to attending your virtual events. It just makes it that much easier for them to want to attend or be a part of those big flagship events. And they already know how to utilize those tools, especially if you're doing things like keeping your event technology platform consistent between events. So people get to use them. You're building a community there. They know how to how to navigate it and uh, how to find the content they're looking for and their agenda and learn about speakers and sponsors. And so it's exactly what we always kind of said, right? Like hybrid is feels like a buzzword. And the more and more comfortable we get with blending these virtual and in-person elements, the less we need the buzzword. I feel like that's kind of what we're seeing at this point where it's just how how much is the word hybrid serving us versus what actually hybrid is, uh, which to your point is, you know, bringing in virtual elements. I, I still think that putting a camera at the back of the room is not, you know, a good example of hybrid. But having a full event platform for your in-person event that people can log into from anywhere um, and even in-person attendees could, you know, decide after a, a late night hanging out with people they haven't seen on the first day of an in-person event that maybe they want to sleep in and attend their first couple of sessions from their hotel room um, on their laptop before they kind of grab their Starbucks and, and mosey over to the to the venue. Like Meredith talked about the idea of you know, expanding virtual events over multiple days. Like the idea of these asynchronous events is another really important piece. Like there's no reason necessarily why your in-person event and your virtual components of that same event have to be happening at the exact same time in the exact same ways, uh, which I, which I think is compelling. And Meredith was potentially kind of ahead of her time there talking about that, you know, four or five months ago. And now we're seeing a lot of that with our customers. Yeah. Yeah, MTA definitely, they are, they've been ahead of the game. They were working remote before any of us were working remote in 2020. So um, we'll we'll link their customer story in the show notes again um, for you guys to check out. But yeah, I agree with all that. And I think a big piece of, you know, wanting to incorporate virtual is all the data that you get. Why would we go back to the in-person events where it was kind of hard to capture a lot of data when you can add a mobile event app um, and be able to, to track, you know, what people are engaging with and use that to prove ROI to your sponsors and exhibitors and 
improve your event design. I feel like that's something that um, is so important and we're not going to to leave behind um, because so many event professionals, um, you know, I think I think the majority of event professionals can agree that having a data-backed, data-driven event program is so important. And you get that with those virtual elements that really captures so much of that information that you just wouldn't be able to capture without having some sort of technology in place. And it's more inclusive. Like EC was talking about that. I, I love our interview with TransTech, but you're, you're just able to reach people who, you know, might not be able to make the investment for whatever reason to, um, to attend in person. So I love that it, it makes events more inclusive, just totally opens up and broadens the audience that you're reaching. And, you know, not only is that value add for you, but it's a value add for your attendees too. They might, might, they might be connecting with people all across the globe or across the country, wherever you're located, um, that they wouldn't be able to meet otherwise because they're not both at the, you know, in-person experience. So we've talked about how hybrid events have evolved and what not to do when building one, but what about some success stories? So Meredith, can you share some successful hybrid events you've worked on? So even MTA did that with our own workshop in 2021, which is something we were beta testing for our clients. We did our keynotes or our C-suite presentations as a virtual day on a Monday. So the entire audience, which was hybrid, we had a we had a face-to-face audience and a virtual audience, did day one with our C-suite presentations completely virtual. We then had travel day on Tuesday and then live sessions Wednesday and Thursday. And so live for the face-to-face in-person structured so that we were starting early on the vital company-wide sessions to pull in our Europe and our APAC team so they could attend virtually and then used WebEx events to record our afternoon sessions so that European team that then and the APAC team that went back to bed Um, could come back in and see what we'd done in the afternoon. So we had typically had a five-day annual workshop, and we shortened that to two days with one virtual day. So I think we're seeing that trend, and we're making that recommendations to our clients as well. That's a great use case for a hybrid event. I think that makes it much easier for people to commit to an in-person event too, knowing that they won't be committing to an all-week event. And that's a huge benefit of hybrid for attendees. But I'm wondering, overall, how has the hybrid event format benefited event organizers? From an event planning perspective, we thought there was a clear path in January of 2022 towards face-to-face. And then December popped up. And all of a sudden, Omicron was wreaking havoc. And we had event after event beginning to question what had been a clear path all of a sudden became completely murky to us. And so we actually had two events that were already underway to be hybrid in some way with WebEx events. What was incredible about that was that essentially overnight, we went from a hybrid experience to a full virtual experience with, on the technology end, very little impact, right? We had a lot of impact in ground transportation and hotels and food and beverage and cleaning up cancellations and moving events. But What was incredible about that is that the audiences then got this opportunity to, they were already in the platform. They were already familiar. We were doing our pre-work and our pre-event communications in the platform. And so then they were just able to continue where they'd already been working and do a full virtual event in January. Then we were going to do face-to-face events, which we've just completed in uh, the end of April and May. Audiences already familiar with the platform. 
They knew it from their work in December and in January, and were able to then leverage that experience, build on it, do new things, do exciting things that are now hybrid for them. And all the audiences, whether they were face-to-face or virtual on the hybrid event in April and May, already had an experience of familiarity. And we were able to pivot that technology essentially with no effort. Um, And that in this day and age, when you have so much effort of of everything else that needs to be pivoted um, is so incredibly valuable to event planners. So Liv, it's clear to me that hybrid events are the real future of events and out of the event industry, whether we call it hybrid or not. And I think that honestly, by the time they are the most common event format, we probably won't be calling them hybrid events by that point. And there's some other exciting technology too, that's going to continue to enhance that attendee experience that I'm really excited about talking about in the next episode. Yeah, me too. It's definitely an exciting future. And I'm really excited to delve more into yeah those technologies and experiences because I think, you know, we're at this point where in-person events are back, where we're not letting go of virtual and there's so much to build upon. We have a really great foundation because at this point we've done all in person, we've done, you know, virtual during the pandemic, and now we're back and we're combining both of those elements. So I think there's a lot to unlock and a lot of opportunity for event professionals to use best practices from both of those formats to make something that's really their own and, you know, really allows attendees and allows them to be connected, engaged, wherever they're attending from. So we've spent the first five episodes talking about all the different types of event formats, setting the stage, discussing data and ROI and the importance of event technology platforms. Next episode, we're going to be really excited to talk about the future of events I think we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about the far, farther future, maybe the five to 10 years out and have some fun with ideas like VR and the metaverse. But in the shorter term, you know, to best serve you guys, our event professionals, the people who are doing this every day, we really want to spend some time talking about what we think and what event professionals in the field and the best and brightest are thinking about the next one to two event seasons, what you can expect, what we think it's going to look like, and what learnings you can take with you to make sure that your event program in 2023 and beyond is ready to serve your prospects and attendees as well as it possibly can. Thanks for learning about how event planners are defining and thinking about hybrid today. And be sure to join us next week as we talk about what's on the horizon for the event industry. This podcast is brought to you by WebEx Events. For more great resources to learn more about our guests, or to learn more about WebEx events, take a look at the links in show notes. And don't forget to follow and leave us a review. I'm Nolan Ether. And I'm Olivia Van Kieran. And we'll talk to you next time on Event Horizons.